0: Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Pirkei here where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. The Perky Podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, where we actively encourage Jews to think and engage in the search of how to be intentionally Jewish. Check us out on intentionaljew.com. I think that on its simplest level, what chapter four, Mishnah three, is teaching us, that a person shouldn't despise any person or shouldn't discriminate against anything, because there is no person that hasn't that doesn't have his hour, and there's no thing that has that doesn't have its place that basically don't burn your bridges because everything that goes around comes around in other words that this is you you, you don't don't treat people with disdain don't treat a moment with disdain because you never know when it's going to come around again and you're going to need it you never know when this person who you're looking at now and you're looking down at now is going to be the very person that you're going to need to rely on years later, and you know there are so many incredible stories in life of you know the the person who you the person who you treated in a, in a way that perhaps wasn't the best way possible. Your paths cross again many years down the road when you thought that that they were inconsequential and they weren't really because in truth they just they just showed up again in your life. And and you have regret now for things that you might have done before. Don't burn your bridges and don't treat people in a way because in the end of the day, every dog has his day and that you, you have to you have to you have to be guaranteed, you have to know for sure, you have to understand that you know what, this you never know what's gonna be in the future. There's a version of that also that you can say, you know, sometimes a person will say, Look, I'll never see that person again. So what differences make what I do? And understand that you're always, you're always going to see them again. And, and that's the message of the Mishnah. Now, you think to yourself, look, oh Rabbi, I understand it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning where you are, but come on, you really think that that's what the Mishnah is teaching us? That a Mishnah in Pirkei is teaching us, be careful because every dog has his day. Really? That's, that's what the mission has to go out of its way? That a sage like Benaz has to go out of his way to teach me? First of all, at best, it's teaching me a message of prudency. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of real ethical lesson that's being taught. So what is it that the mission is trying to say? So I'll tell you three thoughts. My first thought is... Is that what the mission is trying to tell me? Is that don't look at anything that happens in your lifetime as being something small and being something insignificant, because understand that every single moment and every single thing that takes place in our lives is part of our general purpose, and that every single one of us has a purpose to our existence and has a purpose to our lives. Every moment is purposeful. Every event, every person that we interact with in our lifetime, all, every single thing is meaningful and part of our mission and part of our purpose. You know, we say a line on Yontif, which is an incredible line. We say, Elochai, Achelonit Sarti, Eini Kedai. Before you created me, I wasn't worthwhile. And now that you created me, I'm still not Kedai. I'm still not worthwhile. What exactly are we saying? That before you created me, I wasn't worthwhile. Well, of course you weren't worthwhile. You weren't here before you were born you weren't here you were insignificant of course because you, you weren't created you weren't born yet into this world what are we saying What are we? what's the message that we're, that we're saying during Daphne when we say such a line before you created me I wasn't worthwhile now that you created me it's as if you didn't create me I'll tell you an amazing thing what we're saying is is that Before you created me, the world didn't need me. The reason why I wasn't born in 1863, and the reason why I wasn't born in 1958, and the reason why I wasn't born a second before I came into this world is because the world didn't need me. And the minute that I came into this world was the minute that the world needed my neshama. And that my birth was timed by God exactly to the minute, which is the reason why that we don't we don't play with birth. It's the reason why we don't we don't induce it's the reason why unless, of course, medically necessary, but it's the reason why we we don't we, we don't bring a person in one second early, because the minute that you're born in this world, that's when we are needed. That's when our our mission comes comes to fruition. Our mission begins the minute we walk into this world. And that every single person in its right moment and in its right place fits in with every other person and their right moment and their right place. And therefore, the mission is teaching me that there is nothing in this world that is superfluous nothing in this world that is unnecessary nothing in this world that doesn't have a tahlas. that's step one And let's push that a little bit further you know a lot of times you meet people that you don't care for you don't necessarily get along with so well you look at that person and especially if that person has done something wrong to you you look at that person and you dismiss them. And you say that that person is a Russia, it's a wicked person. The person has no takhlas, has no purpose in this world. And the truth is, every single person in the world plays a role in the world. As much as we don't always want to admit that, As much as we often look at a person and say they are useless, no one is useless, and nothing is useless, because there is nothing, there is no one in this world that does not play a significant role in the world. And it's, it's a hard, it's very often a hard thing for us to fathom and it's a hard thing for us to be able to to stomach and to swallow that everybody has a purpose and everybody is ultimately needed in this world and that just because for me, this person is a difficult person, but in another person's life, this person is useful, this person is purposeful, this person does something and That's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing for me to be able to fathom and to be able to handle that everybody plays a role, but we have to know that everybody plays a role, which means that when I look at a person who I can't stand, and I dismiss that person, be careful, because nobody is zero. No, Every person has something positive in them. Every person has something in them that is, that is useful and that is necessary in this world. Don't despise the whole person because there is something in everyone that is useful. do you understand what kind of tool that is. You look at another person and they, but they, just, they push your buttons. They just rub you the wrong way. But you look at them again and you say, you know what? They do X in a beautiful way. They really are very Y, whatever that is. And suddenly, a person who you look at and at best they're taking up space suddenly becomes a useful person. Somebody comes, a person, suddenly becomes a person who has a purpose and a mission in the world. It's important to understand that because it's important to understand that about ourselves that we we too have a purpose and a mission, we don't just take up space. Just like I don't take up space, neither does that person take up space. And I'll tell you a, first, a, a further thing that I think the mission is telling us. That I think the mission is telling us that a lot of times we look at a person, as we mentioned, and we don't see a tachlis, of purpose in that person's existence. Just wait. Wait, and you will see that person rise to their occasion. You will see their moment will come and that they will be able to they, they, they will they will rise and they will they will show themselves as being an amazing person. We have a concept that we call Yeshkina Alama Basha Akhas that a person can acquire the world in one second, that it's possible for a person to shine in one second in their lifetime. We find this in a lot of places. There was once a great a person who his entire life he wasted. He had tremendous money. He wasted it on prostitutes until finally in one moment he had an epiphany, a realization, A, that he had wasted his life and B, that he wasted his life, and that he brought himself down, and he could blame no one. And in that moment of epiphany, he did the most profound tshuva. And when he died, a heavenly voice was emitted into the world, and the heavenly voice rang out, yesh kone Besha b'sha'achas, that a person can acquire their world in one second. A lot of times, the person's entire lifetime is useless. But that one moment happens and a person is able to turn their life around and to bring it into something magnificent and beautiful. You know, we call them sometimes late bloomers. You know, the person doesn't come into their own stride until much later in life. But every single person will. Every single person will will accomplish something in their life we just have to wait sometimes you just have to be patient because every single person has a tachlis and i want to take it one more step Tisha we talk about three stories we talk about Kamsan Bar Kamsa that destroyed Jerusalem we talk about the city of Tormalka, a great Jewish metropolis that was destroyed because the Jews of Tormalka used to take a hen and a rooster when a child was born and they would set it aside. And then the Romans once took the hen and the rooster and they slaughtered them. And the people of the town were so incensed that they rose up against the Romans and then the Romans came and put down that rebellion by destroying the entire city of Turmaca. It was a terrible, a terrible tragedy. And then the Talmud tells us of a third city by the name of Betar, which was where the rebellion against Rome took place. And in the city of Betar, they used to take trees and plant them when a boy was born and when a girl was born. And they would take that wood and they would use that later for their chuppah. What a beautiful custom. A Roman matron was traveling through the city of Betar and her wagon wheel broke and she needed wood to fix the wagon wheel and she cut down one of those trees. And again, the people became incensed and they, and, and they, they pounced on this Roman matron and her soldiers. And Rome came and to, to get revenge and destroyed the city of Betar. The, the destruction of the city of Betar was such that the blood was flowing for days to the extent that they say for seven years the fields around the city of Beitar were fertilized from the blood that spilled on that in, in that tremendous tragedy. The Talmud puts these three stories in a package called Ashrei Adam Mefache Tamid. Praiseworthy is the person, fortune is the person who is always afraid. And Rashi explains what does that mean? A person who is Roa Esanolad a person who sees into the future. We've talked about Roas and Nola many times. And that what the Talmud is telling us is, is that the problem with the city of Turmalka, the problem with Yerushalayim, with the story of by Kamsa and the problem with the city of Beitar is that they didn't look into the future and realize the ramifications of what they did. And the problem that we always ask on that is, is that great, so they weren't the smartest, savviest, swiftest people in the world, but why is that such a crime? I'll tell you that the crime is not so much that they weren't looking into the future, but the crime was that they assumed that nothing was going to happen, that they assumed that everything was going to be okay, that you know what? The, the, the Romans, the Romans deserved this, the the person who made the the party deserves to be brought down in the story of Kamsin by Kamsa the city of Beitar the 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 romans who destroyed this the 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 wood for the chuppah, they deserve this and on some level they might have deserved this the people who did it might have done might might have actually perpetrated a crime against the citizens of Beitar and against the citizens of Turmalka but the arrogance That the people of Tur Malka and the people of Betar and the people of Yushalayim expressed the arrogance and the thinking that everything was going to be okay because we know that everything is going to be okay. The arrogance in not realizing that you control nothing and therefore be more prudent and therefore be more careful. Be more introspective. Be more, look into the future better. Look, not because you're savvy or swift, but because you realize that you have no idea what's going to happen because you control nothing. Ultimately, it's God that controls everything. And I think what the mission is saying to us is, is that don't despise anyone. The, don't be so sure of yourself That this person is useless And don't, don't look at any moment And say you know what Or anything and say this is nothing Because I know that this is useless Because everything No matter what you think The role that it plays No matter what you think This thing is At the end of the day You know nothing. At the end of the day, what the mission is trying to tell us is to practice a little humility because we have no idea the value of things, the value of people, the value of moments. Don't be so sure of yourself that this is nothing. Don't be so sure of yourself that this person is useless because at the end of the day, it's only God that knows what the plan is, what the purpose is. And therefore, what the Mishnah is telling us is, is that to have a little bit of humility when we look at the world, to have a little bit of ability to say, I have no idea. You know, we're living through Corona times. There are so many confusing things that are happening around us. I'll tell you, yesterday I saw, today, my Mekhuton, one of my Mekhutonim made a wedding today. Friday, he was diagnosed with, uh, with uh, Corona, his wife, his, his, my daughter-in-law, five of her brothers, the, the whole mishpacha, the, they had this beautiful wedding planned, the whole thing out the window. I never saw for a second, a smile not leave this family's faces. And they said, okay. Plan B, they made a chuppah that was, I saw a video of it today, with just the families that was so joyous and was so uplifting because they looked at it and they said, you know, there's a movement in New York called Thank You Hashem. I don't know if anybody's ever come across it. It's a new thing. There's posters and stickers and hats and, and songs. And, and it's just an amazing thing. It's, it's really, it's, a, it's like a very big thing. And it was started by this family. And, you know, you always wonder sometimes that maybe it's just a, you know, it's a thing that people say or do. It's a thing that they live because they understand. It, I just, I've never seen it with my eyes like this. That, you know what, we run nothing. Why is this happening? No clue. Why to us? No clue. What does God want from us? No clue. All I do know is, is that ultimately, all of this is coming from God. And that what Benazze is trying to teach us is, is that do not look at a moment as if you understand it. Do not look at a person as if you understand it. Do not look at events that happen in your life as if you understand them. Because at the end of the day, the only thing we know is that we know nothing. That's the one thing we know for sure, right? I I, I know nothing except for one thing, that I know nothing, and that I understand nothing, and that ultimately the control and the running and the purpose and the power behind the world, it is ultimately God. And I think that that, behind all of this, that's the ultimate message of this Mishnah. But who dictates what place things have? Who dictates what moment things have? Who dictates what purpose things have? Ultimately, it's the creator of the world, the master of the universe, that is the one who understands things. And if that's the case, don't be so haughty. Don't be so full of yourself. Be filled with a little bit of humility when approaching the world and recognize that every single thing has a tachlis, as elusive as that might be, as, as, as unclear as that might be, everything in this world has a purpose. Okay.